what we've been trying to do as a first is sort of take a middle ground and say look you can actually get to 85 90% of the answer using using a tool using automation but if you look at companies which are slightly more evolved and have a big a significant percentage of their business coming in from enterprises or companies outside of their their home geography then 100% of their compliance requirements can actually not be solved through automation there is there's always have to be a human in the middle kind of an approach and that is the part that our managed marketplace solves in addition to automation through the tool hi wherever you're listening to us i hope you're staying safe and doing well welcome to forbes india's the daily tech conversation where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs cxos and investors from around the world whose work has a bearing on india i'm hariyarakli and my guest today is ayush ghosh co-founder and ceo at scrat automation a venture focused on automating processes related to governance risk and compliance in this conversation ayush talks about the innovations that are built into scrat and the company's plans ahead After a recent funding round that saw the young venture get the backing of India Partners and Lightspeed. Here's more. Uh, Ayush, uh, welcome to this podcast and uh, thank you for making time for this. Uh, just to help us get started and for folks who may not be familiar with your work, uh, maybe you can tell us a bit of uh, your background, uh, the path that brought you to Scrat and we'll go from there. Sure, Hari. Thanks a lot. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, talking about our story, so we've, uh, as a team, the founding team has actually been involved in uh, prior uh, entrepreneurial pursuits. And uh, so, essentially, my I come from consulting background. I used to work with McKinsey uh, for quite some time. Then uh, work with another SaaS company in a very early stage, and that's when, uh, you know, so that that's when I fell in love with uh, the SaaS story that India has to offer, really. And then we started out. Uh, started out with a slightly different idea originally when we were trying to sort of help large enterprises manage their compliances around uh, inbound material movement but somewhere along the journey we realized that you know in in trying to sell to large enterprises small early stage challenger saas companies like ours you know which were essentially uh, had had big ambitions of selling to selling to large enterprises had to prove our information security posturing very often uh, for us to be able to consider the same level at the same pedestal as some of our Uh, legacy peers in the market now in trying to do that so us for example while working on our previous idea we had to go through uh, compliances towards five information security standards and uh, that actually guzzled up a lot of our bandwidth because as a small team we were trying to balance between running the sales process building the product and also manage the information security compliances which were not just an upfront effort but also an ongoing effort in terms of managing all these artifacts so that's when we really thought that this is a problem that is true across the board and we spoke to uh, 100 plus saas companies uh, in india southeast asia as well as uh, slightly more mature markets like us and europe and we realized this is a problem across the board now that's when we sort of pivoted to working on on, on scrat which is so the genesis of scrat was really around uh, internal tools that uh, jayesh my co-founder and i had built to manage the scrutiny around our information security posturing and that essentially was the genesis of, of Uh, the product in the current form right now which is used by a bunch of clients across the globe so that's that's how scrat came into being so the whole idea was uh then managing an inform- managing a strong information security posture given that this is something that's become so important should be a very very low touch and low maintenance activity for the for the engineering the product team so that's essentially the uh, genesis of the of, of scrat 
Okay. And what's the uh, is there a story behind the name Scrut? What any significance? So it's a root word for scrutiny, and that's what we essentially built the first version of the tool for, which was in-house. So uh, and that was essentially to really scrutinize every aspect of our cloud environment and point out where and what we need to fix, so that we don't have to manually audit uh, everything within a database instance because we were, we had to drive compliance to what five standards. But uh, but yeah, so I mean that was really the inspiration behind the name Scrat Automation. When did you all? Uh sort of formally uh, start your company well it was sometime around uh, october 2021 is uh, when we when we went live with scrat in its uh, current form so initial the initial phase was essentially talking to talking to a lot of saas companies and understanding uh, you know what is it that they use currently what what are the real pain points associated with managing the information security compliance and then, uh, sometime around november is then is, is when we launched our uh, uh, you know the first version of the product out there and within the first 45 to 60 days roughly of uh, being in existence we were actually able to get customers across the globe and even able to close uh, close deals in, in less than 3 to 4 conversations which actually gave us a lot more con- uh, conviction around the, the extent of the problem uh, and and with that being in place with that being established we actually went out and spoke to a bunch of investors because and uh, you know luckily the problem resonated with them so yeah that's how That's how we progress so far. Mm. So your product is now uh, commercially generally available. Is that right? Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. We are uh, we are live at several uh, client situations, and uh, our product is very much out there to be used. Mm. Tell us a bit more about uh, what the product actually does. So if I if I let me just take a step back here and talk about how information security compliance. typically is managed uh, across the more broader pool of it its and saas companies so there is one end of the spectrum which is which is to say that you know most of it is manually managed and managed with the help of uh, through traditional consulting engagements where a consultant would come charge you for your man hours uh, for for the for the amount of man hours that they would put into the engagement and then eventually would would stay on with you would spend a certain number of hours and help you get compliance uh, compliant towards a particular standard in the other end the end of the spectrum is where you sort of try to use a standard grc tool uh, and and try to you know automate most of it to the extent possible now there are drawbacks to both the approaches and what we've been trying to do as a first is sort of take a middle ground and say look you can actually get to 85 90% of the answer using using a tool using automation but if you look at companies which are slightly more evolved and have a big a significant percentage of their business coming in from enterprises or companies outside of their their home geography then 100 100% of their compliance requirements can actually not be solved through automation there is there's always have to be a human in the middle kind of an approach and that is the part that our, our managed marketplace solves in addition to automation through the tool so what we are saying essentially is that look if you are a cto or if you are a if an engineering head or you're, or you're the compliance head Uh, at an IT, ITS, a SaaS company, you really don't have to worry about the automation part as well as the external resources like finding offensive penetration testers or or finding uh, the best fit auditors or CPAs uh, for a use case, because end to end, be it the human part of the problem, be it the automation part of the problem, Scrat is a single window to do it. So what we like to call is as the virtual CISO model, where you really don't 
have to worry too much about the compliance bit because most of it is automated and what is not automated what cannot be automated reasonably is available on our marketplace so we are truly single window in that sense so this like combining both the approaches where you know we can get to 80 85% of the answer through automation and the remaining human in the middle approaches actually solved through a marketplace and uh, one of my, my co-founder kush he's actually been in the information security space for for the last 15 odd years and uh, has a very very of uh, external auditors cpas penetration testers and that's why we've been able to ramp up our marketplace fairly quickly so uh, in 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 most of the engagements uh, most of the client situations where we are live uh, we've actually been able to give them access to our marketplace as well hey uh, explain how the marketplace uh, works a little bit i mean i i you've already said that it, this is a saas model uh, so in practice uh, how does it work so the way it would typically work is that uh, the so there is a licensing part to the engagement which is what forms the forms the bulk of bulk of uh, the cost that the uh, uh, that the client would have to incur and the remaining part so the marketplace bit is actually relevant for two specific requirements as of now one is finding the best fit uh, external auditor because you can actually get to your compliance you can actually drive your compliance internally with the help of the Tool, the scrat automation tool which automates 70 to 80% of your uh, compliance workflows uh, across policies evidence tasks and cloud control so we have a very deep uh, cloud control management uh, uh, tool within within scrat automation app which is essentially monitoring across 150 plus controls within the aws environment alone and similarly with, with within gcp as well as uh, azure but the marketplace part is really to enable companies to find the best fit external auditors or cpas because that's often a problem so what happens is that if if let's say given the environment uh, you do not really have the best fit auditor working on working with you then uh, uh, then the audit process could get really prolonged right and and for no good reason because uh, you are compliant at the end of the day you you've done the best you could you've you've taken all measures but it's just that this understanding gap because of which the audit could really get prolonged so it's important to find the best fit auditor who really understands the environment has 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 exposure to a environment that that is similar to yours and uh, uh, the other element in the marketplace is really getting access to external penetration testers because uh, beat soc to beat iso to 7701 beat pcr dss carrying out periodic vulnerability assessments and penetration testing is something that is very much a part of uh, the requirements uh, towards the standards and that's something so finding the right penetration testers is also uh, it's it's a problem uh, so often companies work with external consultants which are sometimes suboptimal they take a lot of time and find the right uh, partner for penetration testing could also be an overhead which is the part that we solve again uh, where uh, we've partnered with a bunch of penetration testers and depending on your situation we uh, we make the we make the right resources available for you so that your penetration testing is really deep and penetration testing is a problem that uh, that can't be solved with 100% automation because uh, human testers will actually have to carry out offensive testing uh, within an environment so that's the part that we try to address uh, is the second thing that we try to address for manage marketing okay so so the, the the there's a product which automates uh, several processes which are amenable to being automated and there's also an aspect where uh, you're offering to connect your customers to uh, you know the best in class uh, professionals who can provide these services absolutely absolutely that that's absolutely correct because uh, these are areas that cannot 
cannot be automated. So offensive testing, penetration testing cannot be automated. So the, the audit cannot be automated. It will have to be done by humans. And in that cases, in those cases, we're actually connecting the client to the best, uh, best resources out there. And, and typically, uh, how long does it take uh, for you to onboard a customer uh, so that they're uh, ready to start using Scrut? Well, the onboarding is actually uh, uh, immediate. So, I mean, the moment a customer signs up, uh, we can go live in half a day. Uh, that's as long as it takes to do the configurations. The actual compliance bit takes for a small company, it would take anywhere between four to six weeks. For a larger company, it could go up to six to eight weeks. There have also been situations where companies have already maintained a very healthy information security posturing on uh, you know, the lowest we've seen, but that's not very typical with the lowest we've seen is about uh, sometimes even 15 to 20 days. But, uh, but, but yeah, so two parts to this. One is the actual onboarding into the platform that takes just a couple of hours, not more than that. But uh, preparation towards the, in the compliance journey itself runs into a few weeks. And post the audit completion, there is an ongoing uh, maintenance part which is, uh, which is something that the tool monitors on a daily basis. For example, the cloud diagnostic is something that will run in the background uh, on a daily basis because now our target group is companies that are growing very fast. And what inevitably ends up happening is that today you have, let's say, 15 EC2 instances. Six months down the line, you may have 40, 45 EC2 instances and your scale grows, your complexity grows. So it's, it's hard sometimes to really keep track of how you've maintained your infra controls. Uh, but... But the price of a slippage or a price of a breach is actually very high, both in terms of reputation and cost. So what the platform does is, on an ongoing basis, it keeps it gets integrated with your uh, with, with your applications, and, and on an ongoing basis, basis, it keeps flagging any irregularities uh, or potential aberrations. Uh, and it's generally the right set of alerts. It'll it'll make sure that the people who are supposed to remediate those items are aware of it at the at the right moment. Uh, and and so on an ongoing basis, uh, you remain compliant. You don't have to really worry about doing a lot of firefighting a month prior to your next uh, surveillance audit. Maybe you can try and give me a couple of specific examples. I mean, of the simplest examples of uh, specific processes uh, uh, and explain how it is automated and what actually happens once it's automated. Uh, it might you know help me get a better idea of how Scrut works. Sure. So... When you when you look at the anatomy of of compliance towards a particular standard, and let's pick SOC two as an as an example, right, uh, which has many similarities to ISO two seven zero zero one. So whatever I say right now is fairly representative across standards. So you have three elements to it. The first element is your policies and procedures, which are essentially guidelines to how the organization functions and maintains its broader infrastructure posturing. Then the second type of artifact really is so. So every control within uh, within ISO or every every uh, clause would essentially have three types of artifacts. One would be policies, the second would be evidence tasks, and the third would be cloud controls broadly. And every every control would actually have one or more of these. Right? So as far as the policies are concerned, the Scrut GRC tool essentially acts as a single source of truth for having all those policies across the organization. So what it means is that. Uh, you don't actually have to work with multiple Google Drive folders or OneDrive folders or Box folders across the organization. Remember who was handling what at what point of time. Try to really make sure that there is a handover that happens when somebody leaves because the person that leaves has maximum context. So there is 100% continuity and a single source of truth for managing all your policies and the uh, approvals associated with them. So that's 
whoever needs to access those policies, whoever needs to approve those policies has easy access to them. So that's the first part. The second part is around collection of evidence uh, uh, items, evidence artifacts. So evidence artifacts could belong to the HR team, they could belong to the IT and dev environment, they could belong to an admin and physical security, etc. There, uh, what so there are some parts of it that can be that can be automated and some parts of it that cannot be automated. So, for example, uh, collection of evidence artifacts around employee onboarding and offboarding, we can very well connect with uh, HRMS platforms and collect those evidence artifacts automatically. But for example, if you want to sort of share an evidence artifact around you having carried out your fire drill uh, outside your premises to maintain the, uh, which is which is one of the requirements towards uh, some of these standards, right? So you actually have to take photographs and upload them on the platform. And in, in, in that case, the platform really serves as a system of record. Uh, but then the good part is that when there is an actual audit happening, you don't have to run around looking for those evidence artifacts. And the third part, which is the part that is nearly 100% automated for us is where we integrate with your cloud environment to run a very, very deep diagnostic around your information security posturing on, around your cloud environment. Right? So what we would do is, uh, no matter which cloud service provider you're using, be it AWS, GCP, or Azure, we'll actually take access to your environment. And there are multiple ways in which we could take access. So, and that depends really on, that depends on you if you're the client. So we could take read-only access, or we could even take right access for some of the controls where we actually enable a one-click remediation for some of these things. But essentially what the platform does is it says that look, the DevOps team really doesn't have to worry about manually auditing the cloud environment every now and then. So let's say if you've, if you've added new EC instances, if you've added new databases, whether your S3 buckets, whether all your S3 buckets are encrypted or not, whether all your RDS instances are multi-AZ or not, whether you have unnecessary security groups lingering around or not, which, which you could easily do away with. Right? So those are checks that the platform carries out automatically and not just at a high level, but at a resource level. So if, if the platform flags an item as a danger item and tells you that, look, you know, if you have certain S3 buckets which are encrypted, it'll tell you exactly which buckets are unencrypted and you can actually uh, take action uh, at, a, at a bucket level, so at a resource level. So that's how granular it gets, really. And we check across 150 plus controls uh, within AWS alone. So that's those are the three parts of the platform, really. You know, just to summarize, we have the we have policies and procedures, we have evidence tasks, and we have the cloud controls. And I would say about 70-80% of uh, all of it uh, could be automated using the Scratch GRC tool. Mm. Are there any uh, specific uh, specific sectors where uh, your product is very highly relevant, or given that security is more of a horizontal that cuts across processes and verticals? You're seeing traction across multiple sectors. Uh, what has been the experience so far? We've seen traction across multiple sectors. And as you've rightly pointed out, so uh, these information security standards don't really belong to any particular. So ISO 27001 is a fairly uh, comprehensive standard, cuts across industries. Uh, so does SOC2 largely, so does GDPR. But then there are some very specific ones like like HIPAA, for example, which is if you're holding healthcare records uh, or PCI DSS, if you're holding any insert of cardholder information. So there are some narrower ones as well. But as a platform, we currently cover about eight or nine standards. So we cover the major ISO standards, we cover SOC2, we cover GDPR, we cover PCI DSS, we cover HIPAA. So we're, we've actually been able to scale up to cover all the major standards that, uh, uh, that, uh, that form the majority of the uh, base of the standard. So we even cover CCPA for 
uh, if you have California PHI. So that's uh, California PHI. So that's that's really how we scaled up. But uh, but yeah, to answer your question, uh, to summarize this, we we are actually able to cut across horizontally and not remain focused on any particular industry or any particular vertical. Mm. And uh, over the last few months since you went live in November, uh, uh, where have you found uh, most of your customers? Currently, I would say about 70% of our customer base is, uh, uh, is SaaS companies. Uh, so that's that's where we found our early traction and that's where we found uh, the fastest adoption. But that being said, we also have uh, manufacturing companies, so one of the major uh, automotive uh, majors, uh, automotive uh, parts manufacturers, for example. So, in a more industrial slash manufacturing kind of a setup, we are pretty relevant as well. But just in terms of the speed of adoption, uh, SaaS companies have uh, have adopted uh, us the fastest, and that's 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 evident in the in the kind of customer mix we have. Mm. And uh, what have been some of the uh, early findings as well as? Uh, uh, feedback uh, from customers that was really noteworthy for you. So, one thing that we really found uh, both encouraging as well as challenging was that today the level of fastidiousness or the level of uh, uh, caution around managing uh, a very strong information security posturing is actually very high. And this is a development that we see maybe over the last two three years. So, what what typically used to be a series D. Series E stage concern for uh, a lot of SaaS companies has become a, like a pre-seed stage concern. Everybody wants to be compliant from day one. Uh, and and so what is also what, what we're also seeing as a trend is that the general level of awareness around the standards is high. And we found ourselves in situation when situations where where, where our users tell us that look, we know we'll be able to get to the minimum hygiene levels uh, required for. SOC 2 compliant, SOC 2 compliance, or ISO 27001 compliance. But but you know uh, if we if we talk about uh, a general information security posturing, we want a little more. We want to go a step beyond. We just don't want to be compliant with SOC 2 or ISO 27001. We want to have a strong information security posturing, and we want to do that continuously and repeatedly every every day. Right. So that's that's actually a very encouraging sign because then you as a company have an opportunity to differentiate. You have a, you as a company have the opportunity to really find out, you know, a couple of those hero use cases that will really set you apart. And that also means that, I mean, all of us, not just for Scrat, uh, even even for our peers in the space. And there are a bunch of very good peers as well, right? We and we have a lot of respect for them. Uh, the market is really widening up because there is a very strong consciousness around maintaining a strong information security posturing. I think which is encouraging for all of us uh, in general. Mm. And, and is this an area where, uh, and since you said customers want to do this on an ongoing basis, uh, is this an area where uh, machine learning is relevant? Uh, and have you kind of already built in some of those features? And what are you working on? Yes, so we are actually working on a couple of uh, uh, NLP use cases uh, using uh, knowledge graph specifically where we are actually trying to but without, without giving out too many details around uh, what is it that we are specifically working on, but uh, they've really got a lot to do with how. And so one of the key pain points that uh, that that a lot of SaaS companies today faces there is a deluge of so enterprises have become very frustrated about 
their service providers information security posturing which means the enterprise information security questions have become very cumbersome way more cumbersome than what they used to be which means that responding to these information security questions particularly if you're if you're a saas company that aspires to sell to large enterprises is actually a very time taking activity right so what what we are working on and uh, something which is which is currently in testing uh, phase for us is how do you really automate answering uh, you know 60 70% of those those questions uh, using machine learning because because while the questions could be articulated differently but you would see some clear patterns emerging there are some hygiene elements that most of these enterprise information security questions really concern themselves with uh, but just because it articulated differently from enterprise to enterprise you shouldn't have to really manually fill in fill fill all those i mean answer those questions every time uh, and automating those responses bases the learnings from the prior responses is something that uh, we're working on and uh, while it's not commercially out yet but yes we're definitely working on it you all are uh, repeat entrepreneurs you said you had uh, built an earlier startup as well uh, so uh, from a product development product management uh, perspective uh, are there any uh, innovative approaches that you all took this time with scrut that might be worth highlighting well i think uh, there's this one uh, you know important learning we've had uh, some along the journey uh, is that you know i think when when we as entrepreneurs are trying to work on new ideas or uh, trying to trying to test or validate our ideas with the market i think what we so this time around we validated our idea purely through cold emails we were very very cautious about not selling to friends and family we were very very cautious about not selling within the network we were very cautious about uh, not trying to manufacture traction in any way because what we felt was that if if you're if you're sending a cold email to to an individual that doesn't have anything to do with you and yet they are willing to pay for uh, what you have to offer them or at least even come to a, come on a call and listen to what you potentially have to offer to them it is then that you see very early signs of you you solving the real problem right while while the whole idea of product market fit is very elusive and uh, you probably can at best reach there asymptotically it will take time right but but at least as an early validation to the problem you're solving uh, i think what we found this time around is that sending out cold emails talking to people who are not within a immediate network is something that has uh, actually worked well for us in terms of trying to understand the market better mm. yeah in terms of that in terms of that uh, uh, product market fit i mean uh, do you feel that you're pretty close to it or uh, uh, or sort of where are you on that the goalpost keeps changing hari so i mean you would never never hear us say that we we achieve product market fit we're always aiming for more we're always aiming to go deeper into the market look at new use cases look at where uh, we can expand the horizons of a stronger information security posturing but uh, uh, so I, i i wouldn't i wouldn't actually go on to say that look we are there and we achieve our market fit and now we can sit tight uh, we're always exploring uh, i think that's a very elusive uh, concept around pmf but but generally i would say yes the market has uh, been kind to us and uh, we are seeing very strong early traction and uh, so we're fairly new to the market and we've kept ourselves focused on very limited use cases but ensuring that we get those limited use cases right but uh, we are actually adding uh, customers at a very healthy rate so so yeah i mean to that extent i would say that we feel confident that the problem that we are solving is is very real and uh, we will continue to innovate around better approaches to solve them 
and and for you what are the uh, sort of biggest challenges i mean is it the the general usual ones like uh, for any other uh, tech startups where it's uh, you know talent is hot and uh, there's a lot of competition for it uh, or uh, are there any uh, specific challenges that are more specific to building a product around uh, uh, information security so with the usual ones that you mentioned around finding good uh, good talent is not something that we are uh, we are immune to uh, we have also been uh, i mean whatever problems the market and our, our peers are generally facing uh, i mean that's just i don't know if we can still call them problems now given they've pretty much been the flavor of the season for quite some time now it just seems to be the new normal uh, and which is encouraging uh, people have more options but specifically to the to the to the governance risk and compliance space i think what is important to understand is that unlike a unlike a crm product or an hrms product where there is a very high understanding in terms of the use case so people understand what a crm tool does people understand what an hrms tool does broadly so the decision making happens very differently there but in the case of a compliance product and this is this is true not just for us but also i'm sure uh, for our peers as well is that people still don't understand uh, compliance that well and, and so most of what we do in the first call with a lead with a potential account is is really understanding their requirements and trying to precipitate what is it that they need so we've had several situations where you know companies have come into the call thinking that they need everything they need they need they need soc 2 they need gdpr they need iso 27001 they need hipa and we actually have to we actually talk them out of getting you know even trying to be compliant with a couple of standards because they actually don't need it because either the combination that you know with a with a combination of maybe iso 27001 or soc 2 that will actually satisfy uh, the requirements of the of the customer base that they're trying to sell to and actually while maintaining a very strong Uh, information security posturing which is which is generally uh, uh, what is required as per i mean their business right so or sometimes we've had situations where customers have been ignorant about the fact that given the market and given the target demographic they are trying to sell to they also need maybe a gdpr in addition to soc 2 or maybe a soc 2 in addition to iso 27001 so getting through that discovery process with the customer upfront is is what establishes trust but it also is a hard part of selling a grc tool because because then the pe- people that go into the so you can't have normal uh, aes the traditional aes who would actually uh, be selling so whoever actually sells this needs to understand what the broad contours of these compliance standards are right so because there is a lot of education that is involved uh, in the in the early set of conversations so that is something that is is a little unique to i would say the general the compliance automation space but but yeah i mean that's also what makes it fun uh, that also what uh, makes it interesting because because then when you when you go through the journey with the customer that you you have a genuine opportunity to establish opportunity to establish a lot of trust uh, and also ensure stickiness uh, within the customer base okay uh, you all also have uh, recently raised a fresh round of funding uh, uh, give us a sort of a snapshot of your total funding as of now and uh, over the next 12 months uh, in terms of your product and business roadmap tell us what are the big plans well so the round has been uh, jointly led by lightspeed and uh, india partners and 3 million dollar uh, seed round 
So, and essentially the, the, the two most important things that we would invest in at this stage is, uh, is, is deepening our automation capabilities, adding more automation use, case, use cases and working on the a couple of NLP use cases that I mentioned uh, to you earlier in this call, albeit very briefly. And uh, the second second part of what we really want to use this capital for is is uh, accelerating our entry into uh, into new markets. So currently, we've been focused. Uh, so while we still have US and EU customers, uh, our focus uh, so far has largely been India and Southeast Asia. But we're actively looking to expand uh, into the US and EU markets. So that's the other thing that we do, that that we use the capital for. Okay, excellent. Uh, really interesting uh, conversation, Ayush. And like you said, yeah, uh, things like CRM and HRMS are so much more familiar than a, a GRC automation uh, software package. So yeah, a great first update for me as well uh, on Scrub. Uh, thank you so much for making time for this and definitely hope to keep the conversation going. Pleasure, Hari. Pleasure. Thanks a lot. That was Ayush Ghosh. That's it for this conversation. You can find all our podcasts at ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.